Together at the Table, the podcast from Integrity Music, where people around the world sit at their tables and talk about life in all its colors. Not to judge, but to love, share, listen, and learn. Whether you're rich or poor, we all sit at a table. And when we gather, everyone has a part to play in the conversation. So join us now as we share stories together at the table. Welcome to Together at the Table, the podcast from Integrity Music, where we gather to share stories and insights with extraordinary individuals. I'm your host, Andrew Phillips, and today we're excited to introduce to you Travis Ryan. Hello. Travis is a celebrated songwriter known for his multi-dove nominations and ASCAP recognition as a number one hit Mm -hmm. songwriter. But beyond the accolades, he's a dedicated worshiper of God and a true champion of the church. Mm -hmm. Travis treasures his beautiful wife, Haley, and is the hero of how many? Five. Five children. And as a respected staff writer and artist at Integrity Music, Travis has made a profound impact on the worship music scene. His songs have been recorded by artists like Newsboys, Phillips, Craig and Dean, All Sons and Daughters, Phil Wickham, Salah, and many more. Travis is not just a songwriter. He's also known for collaborating with worship leaders like Matt Redman, mm. uh, Elevation Worship, and Paul Belosh. His widely beloved song, We Believe, co-authored with uh, Richie Fike, I yeah, believe, yeah. Uh, and Matt Hooper, yeah. uh, reached the top of Christian charts and continues to resonate mm. with congregations worldwide. What a beautiful thing. Mm. Uh, Travis is also passionate about nurturing creative communities among songwriters and artists. His ministry reaches across the globe, impacting both Europe and Asia. And while his worship leadership has spanned over a decade, currently serving as a senior worship pastor at LifePoint Church in Tennessee. That's correct. Travis' dedication to sharing the name of Jesus is evident in both intimate gatherings and large congregations and with us today. So, Travis, welcome to the table. Thank you so much, Andrew. It's really good to meet you. Yeah, you as well. You as well. Our chat today, our podcast is based on a scripture. It's a beautiful scripture, uh, Luke eleven thirty seven, hmm. And it's uh, where Jesus had finished speaking. Uh, a Pharisee invited him to eat with him. So he went in and reclined at the table. Hmm. I love that. Wow. And that's why we called this together at the table. And it's like, you know, we get to this table with Jesus And so I wonder if you'd do us the honor at the very start of this by Mm -hmm. inviting Jesus to our table now. Absolutely. Please do. Let's pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we just thank you so much for uh, the work that you're doing in the world. I thank you, God, uh, how you are with us right now. We thank you, Father, for the Son. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence that is here with us. And we invite you, Jesus, here. Holy Spirit, we know that you are are already here. You 
are in this room, you are in us. And I just pray, Holy Spirit, would you just open our eyes to see Christ in a fresh way today? And that, Holy Spirit, you would make us more like Jesus, that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind today. And I pray that this conversation would just uh, be one in which you delight in, Lord. We love you. We thank you, God, and we thank you for your presence that is here with us at this table right now. It's in your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. 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 The first place we start is try to work out the table that you work at. Yeah. You know, the Pharisee had a table he worked at. (laughs) You've got a table you work at. Yeah. Tell us a bit about your table of work. Well, uh, so the table that I, (laughs) I've got a couple different tables, um, but the most important table I have is the table that is in my home. Mm. Uh, As you mentioned, I have five children and my kids are an absolute gift mm. to me. So my, as you said, my wife, Haley, <clears throat> we have a, our first child, his name's Hudson, Jude, Scarlett, Monroe, and Levi. Mm. And uh, one of the key things was how can we be a people and be a family that is, the gospel is clearly seen at our table. Uh, where there's generosity, hospitality, and uh, and the table is the place in which we get to proclaim that and share that. Uh, our table is a little wild. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, one of the key pieces that we're learning right now is uh, my wife and I are just trying how to honor uh, one another in conversation. So right now, you are listening to me mm. and you're making eye contact with me. At my house, if you were to show up, and spend a little time. It's a lot of little ones speaking over each other. Mm. And uh, so I am still being sanctified. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm still under construction. But one of the things I, at my table, I, I'm trying to just provide a space where, hold up, hold up, listen, listen to what your sister is saying, receive what she's saying. And we don't do that absolutely perfect. I do lose my temper at times. I am a human being. But that that table formation is really important Mm. for the honor of another person. And also being in America and being in the West, I think the table, the meal, the the family dynamics, that table is really kind of becoming more obsolete. And so it's really important for at our home, how can we provide this table. Uh, The table of work uh, that I'm at uh, within ministry, as you said, I'm at a church called LifePoint Church, and um, our heart is for the nations. And so that table is very large. We have a campus that's in Brussels, Belgium, uh, one in Bangkok, Thailand, and then four local Tennessee, um, uh, you know, middle Tennessee campuses. And so what that table looks like is very diverse and how we operate there. So, um, yeah, those are a few of the tables that I get to mm, work at. Most you. important for me is the one that's in my house. I, I bet. Yeah, I can hear that. But thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I, I want to break down that work table more, if you don't mind. Yeah. Because when we talked in the introduction, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things you've done with yeah. a real heart for God. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you work? You know, how do you, how do you find these songs? How do you yeah. find these moments, these messages that you want to share? Uh, well, briefly, even before this podcast, you and I kind of began talking in the hallway, just meeting you for the first time. And uh, I, I really want to say the word faithfulness. That That is the word um, in the sense of me following Jesus, uh, uh, 
me following Jesus, the key component of this is faithfulness. Mm. I want to hear Jesus say, I want to hear my father say, uh, good and faithful servant, job well done. Uh, and I, I think one of the key things of this is like how my work starts has got to come from faithfulness. Am I being faithful to the Lord? Uh, this moment that I'm picking up a guitar and I begin to sing, is it out of faithfulness or is it out of striving for something? And, um, it, you know, us right now, uh, being in Nashville, Tennessee, there's a lot of striving. We could actually say there's a ton of striving everywhere. People who are trying to achieve something for something. And, and what's so cool about being a follower of Jesus and receiving the gift of Christ is that we're not working, um, we're not, we're not working for blessing. We're, we're working from blessing. We're actually in Christ and we're already blessed. And so as we are already blessed, that position is a beautiful place. How can I, from blessing, be faithful to the one who has already blessed me? And so um, that posture, I don't know if maybe to some of the listeners here, it's like, I, I think it's easy to pick up a guitar and begin to strive for something. Um, but I'm not striving for it. I'm striving, I'm working from it. And so uh, faithfulness is key to the ingredient of all of these things. Um, Am I perfect in that? Absolutely not. Mm. And uh, I think the things that I hear are these, you know, in the bio that you mentioned, and uh, I'm actually sitting there receiving and going, wow, thank you, Lord. Mm. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Um, Nothing. Uh, I could possibly do, could generate these things. It is by God's grace and his work in me through me uh, that would even remotely be able to do this. And so I know myself and I know Christ and I know what he's done. So faithfulness to Jesus is what I want to hear the Lord say at the end of it all. Mm. Job well done, my son, you know? So yeah, where does it come from? Faithfulness, relationship. If we look at the songs, where do they come from? Yeah. And when you're at the table, how do they write themselves? Yeah. I I would say um, every song is different, and they come from different places. Um, You know, if you were to look at my YouTube, and uh, it's been a while since I've released anything. I noticed that. Yeah. Mm. And so, and there is a reason. Uh, It's kind of been a seven-year journey for me of dying to dreams. You know, when, when I when I wrote We Believe, where that came from was I I, I was really young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was young in ministry and I had songs in my heart and I wanted to get them out. And going back full circle, what I said, I think I was probably was trying to work for something rather than from it. And and God still used that. Uh, God put within us, where do the songs come from? I think they come from the Lord Himself. Um, Zephaniah three seventeen says that the Father rejoices over us with loud singing. Uh, so, who, where do these songs come from? These these grace songs they come from the Lord, and as we listen to Him, as we get closer to Him, we begin to resound with His song, and we just put pen to the paper of His song that He's writing in our lives. And so, <clears throat> what what I've seen, uh, we believe was written from that. God blessed it. And I think I was wanting more of of the blessing, you know, more of those things. 
And so I I began to see the Lord just kind of, he brought me to a place of the desert, man. Mm. It's like, this is the real place mm. where you're like, you brought me here, Lord? Did I take a wrong turn? You know, <laughs> did I? Did I, mm. Did you tell me to come out here? Mm. Like, did you lead me here really to die? Mm. And and the Lord really showed me, um, man, I, yes, I have brought you out here to die. But our God is a God of resurrection. And I'm really honestly beginning to really see the Lord just produce his greatest work in my life now. Um, and he could not have done that using the Travis of 10 years ago. Right. He he had to do a new work and bring me bring me here. So where these songs are coming from now, I, I think I've got greater songs before me because I think God's doing greater work in me now. Mm-hmm. And uh and rather than looking at the past, like, oh, I wrote that song, we believe with my friends, and that did really well. I actually think God is more thrilled with the songs that are being written now because I'm closer to him than I've ever been. Hmm. Now, the world may not see that. Radio may not hear that. It may not work out as you were, you, you said the word accolades, uh, as um, the accolades of the world would see it. But man, these songs are going to the king. And they're they're in his throne room, and he's listening to them. And they're and, for him. And they're for him, and that should thrill my heart. Yeah. And that's I, it should thrill me every second when I'm picking up a guitar to sing. While this song is in the presence of the Lord, and praise God, that should thrill me. So, oh, radio didn't play it. Who cares? The King of the Universe is listening to this on his playlist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. That's beautiful. So. In regards to worship then, which is yeah. a big part of what you you are about, bringing people to a place of worship, Yeah, what are you feeling right now about worship, generally, the way we're treating it? Yeah. You know, man, that's a soapbox for me. Uh, I'm going to try to reduce it sure. in its most simple state. I, When I see worship in the Old Testament and the New Testament, I, I actually been studying this for quite some time now. And I think you can reduce everything down into one word hmm. and not, to, not for the oversimplification of it, but I, I, it can be reduced to the word embodiment. Embodiment. We, we have made for quite some time worship in some senses, like now stand, it's time to worship. Um, the reality is worship is not merely a song, it's your life. But it, and when we say it's your life, it, it, it's like, um, wh- what does that mean? It's an embodied life. It's, it's all of these words that you would see in the Old Testament and the New Testament that are formulating uh, the language of worship in Scripture is found in embodiment. And so it's this idea like, I'm not just merely a soul. I am also a body. So am I uh, becoming like Jesus? Uh, as 2 Corinthians 3, uh, 3.18 says, we are being conformed into the image. We're literally being transformed into the image of whom? Christ. Who's what? God embodied. It's truly him. And so we're becoming more like him. And I think right now, 
I'm not so caught up in songs per se. I'm more caught up in the obedience of God's people. And are we living embodied in the world and where we are called to live? In the cities that we're called to live, the houses that we're called to live in, and or have we made this merely industry? Have we made this merely songs 20, you know, 15 minutes before someone talks on a Sunday? Um, or is this embodiment, real, real zealous embodiment that's happening in the world? And is it seen? So worship to me, what I'm seeing is, do we really believe this stuff? And if we do believe it, we're actually going to embody this. Because I'm not only a soul on a Sunday staring at a stage. Hmm. This is to be seen in my, in my body, uh, in my blood, in my words, in my actions, in my money. And, and the way that I live. And so I'm really passionate about this. I, right now I'm going, God, I, what, what is not of you? Because the reality is God's fully in me. The Holy Spirit is fully in me. But the reality is, is God doesn't fully have all of me, mm. right? And that's where the partnership plays out in our relationship with the Lord. And so my question is right now that I'm more asking is like, man, are, are is, is the body of Christ embodied in the world in the way that it is to be? Does it look like Jesus? Does it sound like Jesus? Let's go back to the table. You come to my house, are you experiencing Christ? And not the ethereal cloud of Jesus, but the real embodiment of him in me to you. Mm-hmm. And then is it seen in my kids to you? Like that kind of thing. So what's worship look like? I think it's embodiment, and we need to see a greater move of it through the body of Christ now. Wow. That's some wonderful thoughts. And I guess the reason why the table works so well in thinking about this is that when you come to a table, you sit down and you stop and you relax, and you're not going anywhere. That's right. And so if you're doing that in worship with Jesus, that's what's happening. That's right. One of the things that Jesus did really well, Hmm. (laughs) or did a lot of, I should say, and was accused of it. Hey, you're a friend of publicans and sinners. You Mm. like these people that nobody likes. You like the marginalized. You like the people that no one wants to sit with because they're not nice. That's right. Do you do that? I, You know, I want to say I want to do it better. (laughs) Uh, Do I sit with people I don't like? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And I, I think, there are times that I don't like my kids. Mm. There are times I don't like um, my neighbors. There's times that I don't like um, myself. I There's times that I, I want to see that even more. You're asking a great question to myself. I want to see that more. Go back to embodiment. Lord, where am I not fully embodied right now? Mm. And uh, I, I think that's something that's so important. Am I sitting with Republicans and Democrats? Yes. You know, I, yeah. 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 But the marginalized, those who are not like me, I, I want to see a greater move of that. And I think the biggest thing, it's like, Lord, I'm asking him for it, mm. even just for my own home. Our neighbor, actually, uh, she is not a follower of Jesus. And one of the biggest things has kind of been like, Lord, I, I want to see, I want to see, um, would, you, would you move us to be more embodied to our neighbors? And my neighbor literally prayed that prayer, and my neighbor just comes and knocks on the back door. And 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 actually, what's funny about it, we just, our family got a dog, and that dog literally got out, ran over to her house, 
And it was just so funny that the Lord used this dog to literally bring her over to say, hey, here you go. And it, I, I found myself praying this prayer, and the Lord's like, okay, mm. here you go. I think you're moved enough now to be ready to have this conversation. And so that's from my neighbors. I do believe that there can be more courage and bravery and boldness and being more intentional, even in my own life, to find those who are more marginalized. So that is actually my current prayer and my family. How can we be more intentional in ministry to those who are different than us? Yeah. And I think with the way Jesus did it, it would seem to me, and I'd love your thoughts on this, he sought them out. That's right. He didn't wait for them to come to him. Right. He sought them out. He wasn't just washing dishes praying. No. no. <laughs> like me. And that's the thing. Thank you, Jesus, that you're not like me. I want to be like you. Mm. And uh, yeah. Can we talk about you in how you prepare yourself for the table? Mm. Like when you, you, you travel a lot, you do a lot of things, and then you come home to the table yeah. or you, you meet with some people at the table. How do you prepare yourself for that table time? Well, I would first say the most important thing in my life has got to be my relationship with Jesus when my feet hit the floor. Um, how am I being present with him? And and first and foremost, uh, I'm not perfect at this, but one of the key key ingredients of all of this is just my daily relation daily relationship with Jesus. Uh, wake up in the morning to meet with him. I call it the secret place. <laughs> uh, and and I, if you don't have a secret place, I'd encourage you to find one. Where is that? Uh, it can be, for me, it's, we have a little sunroom is what we call it. And uh, there's not a whole lot of sun when I'm in that room at that time. But uh, in the sunroom, it's the place where uh, there's stillness, there's quiet, uh, a discipline of getting up before my kids do. And, uh, um, and, and so that, relationship with Jesus, meeting with him on a daily basis is really important. If I'm not present with him, I, I find myself not present within other people. And why is that? Well, because in order to be fully present with someone, it's his character, it's his nature in me meeting you, hmm. right? And so um, that's really important, my daily relationship with Christ Okay. It's daily relationship with Jesus. So if I'm if I'm on the road, if I'm traveling, and I'm not meeting with Jesus, uh, the preparation's terrible. Uh, the it, it's a daily encounter with Christ, meeting with Him, hearing from His Word, uh, and and that's really where the preparation is. And what about when you don't feel like it? Yeah. I, well, let me say this. I I would say that there are times that I'm successful. And in the discipline of that, uh, I don't want to sit on this podcast and, and be like, oh, dude, I'm great at that. I'm, I'm killing it. Uh, I don't. There are moments where, yeah, I, I hit the spiritual snooze button and I, I still stay in bed. And I think, um, I think one of the key ingredients as a follower of Jesus is moving past what I feel. Hmm. My feelings do matter. Uh, God has made us emotional. Thank you. Praise the Lord for that. But I've got to move. I've got to move myself in an in intentional relational space. Being married, are there moments that I I don't feel like serving my wife? Yeah, for sure. Um, because I'm, I'm selfish and I'm a human, for sure. But I need to 
press in and push in and lean in to the Lord and say, okay, I'm, I'm moving past my feelings. Yeah. You know? Okay. Thank you. That's a big question to answer. I Together at the table. Check out Still Worship Best of Year One anywhere you stream music. Still Worship, best of year one, available now. Together at the table. Hi, Andrew Phillips here. We've put together a resource for you to take your podcast experience to the next level. You can now bring the heartwarming conversations from our podcast to your very own table. Introducing the Together at the Table PDF Listening Guide. This guide provides a deeper insight into our series and offers you the chance to host your very own Together at the Table gathering. Inside, you'll find all the thought-provoking questions we discuss in every episode. Use these questions to create meaningful conversations with your friends and family, just as we do on the podcast. It's a great way to connect and grow together. Download your copy now by going to integritymusic.com forward slash together at the table. We'd love you to share your responses with us. What insights did you gain and what conversations were sparked around your table? We've set up a voicemail so you can get in touch and tell us about your stories from your table. Call 1-607-96-TABLE. That's 1-607-968-2253. We look forward to sharing your stories and thoughts on a future episode. Thank you for being part of this beautiful community. Together at the table. What do you think people say about you when you leave the table? Or what would you hope they say about you after being at the table with you? I, I... My prayer is that one, uh, he was very present, Hmm. uh, relationally present. Um, I I think we live in an era and a time, especially even as I'm sitting here, my cell phone's going. (laughs) And I, when I look at Jesus in the scriptures, I see someone who's absolutely relationally present. Hmm. Even the very beginning in the garden, God is relationally present. Who, who's the one who's not relationally present? Well, Adam and Eve, they have this drift and then they disbelieve the word of God and they take of the tree and that's where we're in, hmm. right? The fall, Christ comes and I just have this picture and, and the Lord's been working in me in such a way where it's like giving me an imagination, like sanctify my imagination, Lord. Hmm. You know, if you think about it right now, we're in a time where it's like, Everything's trying to get our imagination. And if they can get our imagination, therefore formation can happen. And I've just been asking the Lord in a prayer, sanctify my imagination, Lord. Would you give me a, a picture of you? Of what? And I've just been seeing the Lord in my imagination and also in Scripture. As I'm reading Scripture, it's awakening my imagination to see a very present person. 
a very present person. I think people that are freaking out, just going, why isn't Jesus, he's got a meeting to get to. What's he doing still hanging out? And I I, I think that's what I've been seeing. And Mm -hmm. so what I hope and I pray for is that people would say, wow, he is relationally present. And uh, because I think that's really key. That's different. I could sit here, you could ask me a question, I'm scanning my phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you really listening to me? Yeah. The reality is your brain can only do one thing at a time and uh, it can't multitask. And so I need my attention to be upon someone. So that's what I'm hoping and praying that even my kids would say, wow, my dad was present, relationally present. When they put me in the ground, let it be said of me, dear Lord, please, my father, my husband, whatever it is, just that he was relationally present. Hmm. Yeah. If you could leave something at the table hmm. today, like give me something and, and leave it here, or maybe you want to leave something and never have it again mm-hmm. and leave it at the table, hmm. what would it be? Oh, man. Um, that's a great question. I, I guess, like, let me ask you this clarifying question. Okay. Is it that I'll, I can't get it back? Is that kind of? Could or be that. is it like we a can, portion we, I can give? Well, we can go anywhere you want with Okay, it. I would like to say I'd love to leave my heart. Okay. I would love to leave my heart that, that uh, you wouldn't, th- those whom I've met with at the table would have total belief that I am, absolutely, totally, 100% transparent and honest and that I'm not putting a front on. Does that make sense? Yeah. So so here's my heart. Okay. And and uh, I would like to leave that. Um, in some ways, I wish I could just leave this cell phone here and I, <laughs> I couldn't have that back, yeah. you know. And so I would, but something, I would leave my heart with you, you know, and those around me. What does that mean? Great question. My inner life, my inner self, my fully known self, uh, rather than the 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 front that we can put on at tables. You know, it's like think about it. Sit up. You know, take your elbows off the table. Uh, we're we're kind of even trained from the very beginning stages of what there's a performance around the table. Uh, and what's so beautiful about Jesus is he just welcomes us into that space as we are. And there, because the only performance that exists is the one that he's doing, right? Or that he's done. And so we get to be who we are in Christ. And in Christ, we get to live from that. So the only performance that exists is in him from him. And so uh, that kind of vulnerability, that kind of inner life, I would love to just be able to say, this is, I've left it here. Because that is the thing that will, I think, does bring change to other individuals. And there's a line, isn't it, that says that sometimes when you you give your heart, you leave a little bit of it behind. That's right. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, Have you seen that picture? I think it's online, but it's like a dad. Uh, it's the puzzle pieces, and it says father, and he's just handing the last little puzzle piece uh, to his son, who's made up of all the pieces. Right. And I think in ministry, that's what it, that's what it is. 
you know, even in pastoral work, it's there's a part where you part of the resiliency of pastoring is being ready to release people, losing people, people leaving, mm-hmm. right? God's reorging and reshifting things around. He brings people, he sends people. And so it's part of the deal is just like to leave, yeah, to leave those pieces with other individuals. Yeah. And another thing is don't be God. Right. Bring people to God. That's right. That's right. That's so good. In all the tables you've been through lifetime and what you've done, because I, I even think that probably in your worship and your performances, that's a big table in front of you yeah. full of people, right? Yeah. So you've, you've done so many tables in so many places. Is there one table, one moment you can go, I'm never going to forget that, mm. that moment? Wow, that's a great one table. You know, it's I, I'm sitting here, and as you ask that question, I'm just seeing all these pictures mm-hmm. kind of flood my mind. But one one table. One table that I would say that I will never forget is literally um, with my wife. Um, and uh, when we got married hmm. and we took communion together. And that that is obviously one I will never forget. I don't even think I fully understood what was happening in that moment. Mm. It just is always just such a beautiful picture to go back to. Mm. That's one that I will forever remember. A literal table taking the body and the blood of Jesus and uh, his presence fully there. And that's one of them. I think from a leading standpoint, um, man, there's so many, so many divine moments. Um, Hmm. I don't know. That's a great question. Right. I don't know if I have a great answer for that. The greatest one is my wife having communion on the, or the day of the wedding. And the only reason I would say that is because what a beautiful foreshadowing. Yeah. You know, everything beginning in a garden, ending in a new garden, right? Mm-hmm. Essentially uh, being in the, in, in the first garden, a table, meals with the Lord, and how it all culminates at a final table in a marriage supper of the lamb and just being able to, once again, back to that forward embodiment, getting to embody that experience with my wife, foreshadowing the greatest wedding of all. Right. Hmm. And so, um, that's, that, that is the table. Yeah. Yeah. If you could sit at a table with, um, anybody who's either here now or maybe has passed on and you could be with them, who would it be and why? Mm, that's a great. Oh, I, I don't want to Jesus juke this thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> but honestly, I would love to be able to meet with Christ, which I, I right now, I want to meet with him face to face. But I know that is coming. So <laughs> that is a table promise. Um, I would have to say right now, it, it, it would be King David. Okay. Uh, I would love to talk with him. I would love to hear his his struggles. Uh, a man whose heart was after the Lord, but yet failed miserably, but yet also experienced the nearness and the forgiveness of God in his life and just how he worked through those things. How, how did you deal with your enemies who hated you? 
hey, would you would you help me understand Psalm twenty three even just a little bit more? Where were you? What where did that song come from? Yeah, I would love to. I would love to have that meal, have that conversation with him, and just get to know his heart in that way. Yeah, yeah, that would be a story. Yeah, that would be a story. I, I do want to ask you actually that question that you kind of raised, which is, if you did sit with Jesus, mm-hmm. what would you say? Yeah, I. Right now, which is crazy when we say if we sit, the reality is we do sit with him. I get it. It may not feel like it. And so um, what would I say to, to Jesus? I, I want to say to him, I love you. I want to love you more. How do I do that? Hmm. How do I do that? And I, I really, I just want to, I just want to listen to him. I want to listen to his heart. I want to, I want to glean what he says. And uh, I mean, there, your question is actually reality. So the secret place in the morning is the place where I do meet with him and I do talk to him yeah. and I listen to him. But you know what I mean? That real tangible face-to-face moment. Uh, that's what I want to. Lord, I, I I love you, but teach me how to how do I love you more? And uh, that's really my heartbeat. And what would you want him to say to you? There's a part of me that would love to hear him say, back to full circle here. Just you're faithful, Trav. Hmm. You're faithful, dude. You're gonna mess up. You're gonna mess up, and and right now you are. <laughs> hmm. But but uh, I see it. I know it. It's in your obedience. It's 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 in your embodiment, and um, I, that's what I want to hear. I'd want to hear that hey, you're being faithful, Travis, and uh, that's truly what I want to hear. There's also a side of just the real tangible. Uh, hey, man, you're you're loving your family well. Thanks for thanks for taking care of your family. Thanks for taking care of your kids. Um, and uh, yeah, that's probably what. Okay. I'd want to hear him say. I was thinking as you were talking about, you know, like you think of Peter mm-hmm. when he knew what he was going to do and he told him what he was going to do. Right. But he also said, I still love you. That's right. And I'll, I've prayed for you. Yeah. That you come back. That you come back. Yeah. That's that, love. That is love. Absolutely. That's a father. That is. Who's saying, you know, you will make mistakes, but that ain't going to change my love. That's right. That's right. That's what I want to hear him say. Hmm. I think to anyone who's listening, it's that what is the thing that you love the most? You know, um, when I think of worship, I think of um, it's very um, Augustinian, but it's that we are made in the likeness and image of God. Well, who is God? God is love. We actually are lovers ourselves. We're made in his image and we love. And the question is for a lot of us, it's like, what, what do you love? What do you love? What do you crave? What do you long for? What keeps you up at night? And when you ask that question, most of us will be like, oh man, I would love to be able to say that it is you, Lord. But the reality is, is that it may be your money and maybe your job and maybe your um, things that you just don't have yet, uh, a vacation, whatever it is. 
But I think that that is a key piece of just our love, our, our love for the Lord. And it's out of this love that we have for the Lord, lovers of things, let it be Jesus. Do we love Jesus? And, um, and I, I think that's a key piece for us as we worship, as we embody that. We are lovers made in his image. Let our love proclaim Christ to those to that's loving our enemies, sitting at the table with those who are not like us. This is a way in which we get to proclaim to the lost world who Jesus is through our love. And so, um, yeah, I think that's a key piece for, for, for me right now. Lord, let it be that my love is for you, uh, lavished. Let it be wild. Let it be crazy. Let it be big and brash. You know, and some people are going to be like, "Hey, man, that's can you tone it down a little bit?" Mm. But uh, let let my love be wild for him. What would you say to people who are listening to to our chat now, and mm. they haven't made up their mind yet about whether they'd like to be at the table yeah. with Jesus? Because maybe they've had some bad experiences. Maybe they're just not sure. Yeah. Maybe they don't feel anything. Yeah. What would you say? Hmm. I, I want to say to them that the love of God is everything that you are longing for, that you desire, that you are craving for, but you have them placed on different things right now. Um, and that when you come to him, when you meet Jesus at that table and you come as you are, not performing, but really honestly coming in that place of vulnerability with the Lord, um, you will receive all the things that you've been longing for. Uh, even though the hurts, well, number one, I just want to say, I'm sorry for the hurt of other people who have sat at the table and they, they didn't listen well hmm. and they didn't care for you well and they didn't embody the love of God um, because they themselves were caught up in their own performance. But the reality is, is that there is a God who is a God of love and he receives you and his love will satisfy you in, in all fullness of every longing that you have. It's not a one and done. It is a continual process of relational presence with Jesus to find, uh, and, and, and but his love is perfect. That's what I would want to say is that I'm sorry that you've been hurt by other, you know, people who've just got it wrong. Um, and I just desire for you to be able to meet the Jesus that I know. He's a God who is full of love, who you can mess up and, and every day I mess up, but there's a love that he has and he has for you and he wants to draw you into it and he welcomes you into it. Just as you are, as you're listening right now, Every terrible thought you've thought, the terrible things you did the night before, uh, you know the substances that you've taken, uh, you're you know getting drunk, whatever the thing is, whatever the list is, there is nothing too wild that the Lord cannot redeem. Nothing too wild, and that's absolutely wild itself. Yeah, He's more wild, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So that's what I would want to say. Come back to the table. There's love, there's forgiveness, and every craving and longing and desire that you have can be found in God himself. 
And as you were just talking then, you reached your hand out, I saw Beloved yeah. Yeah. On, on your hand. That's right. What does that mean for you? Uh, you know, my story, my own personal story is, I think, and I think really this is the story of humanity, as I said, we are all made in the image of God. And we all uh, are made as lovers. And that love is meant to be put on uh, this, this deep longing that we have because our souls are eternal. They are eternal. And, and so when we try to put our love upon something that is not eternal and will fade away, that's why we're always like, ah, you know, this crave, this longing. But when we put it on the one who is absolutely eternal, we're always satisfied. And I found myself just always finding myself in a place of performance. That's why I'm always using this word even in this podcast. It's like performance, performance, performance. I like the word performance, <laughs> which may be cheesy. It probably is. But I'm, I'm a person working from Christ. I am actually, I am loved. And there's also the part of just the be. Be loved, man. Hmm. Be, just be loved. Like, why don't you receive my love? And I think that's really what the Lord is doing. He's like, dude, I have love for you. I love you. Just be loved. And we find ourselves caught up in rhythms of w whether our sin or our shame, where we just cannot, we do not believe, keyword even in that, be live, like be li believe, be lived, you know, yeah. live in the being of this and receive the love of God. So for me, that's, that's why it's on me. It's why it's written on me. I think when I got the tattoo, I really, the, the word was just more in me. Now it's on me. <laughs> and I'm reminded all the time, just, just be loved by the Father. Be loved by Jesus. Be loved by the Spirit. And, and also just receive it. It's a gift. It's a gift. And we, there's nothing I have to do to earn it. There's nothing I have to do uh, to, um, to do anything for it. I just get to receive it. Like who else gets to do that? You know, maybe maybe during COVID when America was just like handing out free checks to people or whatever, here's money. Wait, what? You know, um, I think there's a little bit of, no, you, you're, there's something you're going to have to do mm. in order for this. Mm. But from the Lord, the bank of heaven, here's everything to you in my account given to you, and all you have to do is receive it. And, and I think that is the hardest part of humanity is we just don't know how to receive a good gift. We don't. We don't. There's always this earning component, and I, I know that's in us. Mm -hmm. So I am praying and I'm longing for the church at large that we would just be able to receive what he wants to give. And I think right now we're in a place, soapbox moment here, but we're in a place, are we going to say yes to it? Are we going to say yes to it? Are you going to say yes to it? Are you going to say yes to it? Mm -hmm. Will we say yes to it? Because I do think, like God's not going to necessarily just force it on you. Like, and maybe it will be a Jonah moment. Like, no, bro, you're going to go, here's a whale, you know? <laughs> like, um, I don't know about you. I don't want to whale. I just want to receive what he wants to give. Yeah. And so let that be true for the church at large, at the tables that he's put before us, that we would say yes to the thing that he wants to give. And um, I think that, that's, I, I just don't want to miss what he wants to give. Yeah. I don't know about you, man. I, I, I just don't want to miss it. Yeah. You know? And so I think there's a, a sense 
for me an urgency. I just don't want to miss it. As it is for my kids, I don't want my kids to miss the good things God wants to give to them. Yeah. Because I don't know about you, Andrew, but I've, I've been there where I've missed those things. I have too. Right? Mm-hmm. The good things he wants to give. And so are we going to say yes to him? Yeah. Are we going to say yes to him? And that's kind of where I'm at. Travis, I can't think of a better way to end this chat around the table. I want to thank you for coming yeah. and sharing at this table. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I pray that you would be blessed in the name of Jesus, the only name that saves, that you would encounter, and those who are listening here would encounter the tangible presence of the relational God who is with us now, whose absolute love, you know, <laughs> we reduce this universe down to nothingness. It's not nothing. It's what? A God who is love. Yeah. And, and I pray that we would all sense that, that there's no performance that we have to do, that the performance is done in Christ, and we just get to live in him and receive him. And so I bless you in the name of Jesus, man, in your ministry. Thank you, Andrew, for what you do. Amen. Thank you for inviting Thank me. Thank you, man. Yeah. Bless you. Together at the table. Together at the Table is an Integrity Music podcast and hosted by Andrew Phillips. The show is produced by Lasting Media Group. Our executive producers are Andrew Phillips and Jason B. Jones. Special thanks to Callie Argent, Bruno Balduino, Olivia Buchanan, Madison France, Alicia St. Gillet, Robbie Moore, Matt Lott, Noah Newman, and John Schneck. Our theme music is Good God, Lo-Fi Version by Special Music from their upcoming album, Still Worship, Lo-Fi, Volume 2. To listen to more lo-fi and Christian instrumental music, search for Still Worship wherever you listen to music. To learn more about Together at the Table, as well as Integrity Music, visit IntegrityMusic.com. And to get more involved with the show, follow us on socials at TogetherTablePod. We've also set up a voicemail at 1-607-96-TABLE. That's 1-607-968-2253. If you have comments or questions or you'd like to be a part of the show, please call and leave a message. Also, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps keep Together at the Table on the charts where people can find our show. Thank you once again for being with us Together at the Table. table.